Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Welcome to the Bourbon Library, episode number three. On the Bourbon Library, Ryan and I hop on the phone with our dad and our middle brother, Devin, to chat about a different bourbon each episode. Before we start, I just want to take a moment to dedicate this episode to our grandpa, James J.R. Hudgens. I know he would love that my brothers, my dad, and I get to drink bourbon and joke with each other on the phone for this podcast. So I just want to say, I love you, grandpa, wherever in the universe you are. Okay. This episode, we are taking on Michter's US-1 Kentucky Straight Bourbon. The name has an interesting origin, and we'll get to that later in the episode. As we waited for Devin to join the call, we spoke about his wife Haley and if she changed her last name or not. It was Ball, and now it's Bayless. A simple question with a simple answer, but not for us. Without skipping a beat, we fell into our native rhythm of puns and dick jokes. Is she uh, technically Haley Bayless, or did she stay Haley Ball? She's Haley Bayless. She is. Wow. But she gets a little testy every now and again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know any good wiener jokes. Except the the one I'm looking at. (laughs) (laughs) That small is hard to beat. Oh, what a jerk. <clears throat> Gotta hand it to you. <laughs> you know what? I I don't know why, but I'm I shouldn't be continuously surprised that Devin's not somewhere on time. Yeah. <laughs> Devin finally arrived and we all took a few sips. It's really it's really mm-hmm. good. Wow. I'm drinking it once again, not on the rocks, just because and it took a few sips. But now that my palate's opened up a little bit, I really, really like it. Wow. It's it's smooth as hell. It's smooth. It's got it's a kind of a nutty mm. taste to it. It's really nice. Yeah, it's not it's not like on the like the sweet. No, side. it's you know, I thought, wow. Wow, it's really good. Yep. It's an easy drinking bourbon, very smooth. Victor says you should taste, quote, rich caramel with balanced vanilla, stone fruit notes, smoky depth with an oak finish, end quote. It's 91.4 proof and distilled in Kentucky. Now, where does the name come from? So first of all, the name, Michter's, right? So the the distiller decided to name the bourbon or the distillery after his two sons. So it's it's a slash name of Michael and Peter. Michter's. Uh, it's so funny because the, fir- the first time we, you suggested Michter's, I was like, we're doing Irish whiskey? So it's a mashup of the names Michael and Peter, the two sons of Lou Foreman, who owned the distillery in the 1950s. Wait a minute. How, how old is this distillery? Are they old or are they um, new? Uh, they're, they're newer. I mean, they've been around for a while, but they're, they're newer as far as uh, Kentucky bourbon. Why, why does the bottle say they were established in 1753? Okay, so it can get confusing. and I'm just going to lay it out here. Michter's originally was called Shanks Whiskey back in 1753, later named Bomberger's and finally branded Michter's by Lou Foreman in the 1950s. The whiskey depression caused Michter's to go bankrupt in 1989. The brand was then resurrected in the 1990s and is alive today. So it may not be the exact mash bill or the same distillery location, but it harkens back to the roots of Shanks, Bomberger's, and the original Michter's brand with the mantra of making the best whiskey, cost be damned. That's a lot of history. What do we really need to know? 
My dad comes in with the basics. So what's unique about it? One is that they uh, proof down the uh, bourbon before they put it in the barrel. Whiskey can go in at a max of 125, and a lot of people use uh, proofs between 110 and 115, up to 125. Michter's specifically uses 103. Hmm. According to master distiller Emerita, Pam Howman, the whiskey at its final proof then gets to interact with the barrel during the whole maturation process. My dad explains more. So they proof it down to 103 so that they have, basically, it's, it's more expensive to do it that way because you get less liquor um, in the barrel, right? Right. So it takes more it takes more barrels to do the same batch of distillate, if that makes sure. sense. Yeah. But, but they do it because the extra water in the mixture helps to break down the tannins, which is uh, a compound in the wood. And uh, tannins are responsible for color, and flavor. So, uh, and also um, the presence of tannins can make it dry, astringent is the word they use. So it also helps um, when, when breaking that down, uh, sometimes referred to wood sugars as well, breaking those down with the water uh, allows the whiskey to be smoother. And I think you all agree, this oh, is yeah. a very smooth yes, bourbon. Very smooth. Yeah, it, it, you can, I actually drank it neat last night. Super duper smooth. I then made the mistake of asking Devin what it tasted like for him. It tastes like bourbon. Um, (laughs) 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 No, I mean, there's, there's a little bit, a little bit of caramely, a little bit woody, but it's not too big of a bite and it's not too barrel, barrelly, woody, whatever you want to say. Devin sets us up for a good one. Let's see who gets to it first. Well, Maybe it's my age, but I don't get the Woody. And my dad wins. <laughs> <laughs> thank thank uh, you, Ryan. Well, is that real or is that just a joke? <laughs> well, maybe it's my age, but I do half the time. <laughs> well, Dad, I, I just want to let you know, Dad, I do get well, the Woody. <laughs> If it, uh, I don't know if it's my age, but I I, I get woody before I even so, taste that. <laughs> oh man, those That's jokes are hard in. to beat. Oh, what you thought we were gentlemen? Not a chance. Moving on. When they when they uh, talk about small batch, they are serious. They mix it into a big vat that holds about 20 barrels. Um, I saw two different stories. One said it could hold up to 24, but typically it's around 20 is what, what the other one said. Uh-huh. Um, so when you have large producers, they, their small batch is going to be a lot more than, um, than this guy. So how much more like another like kind significantly of significantly more? Yeah. Yeah, I would say maybe even triple digits. Oh. And still be a small batch. Oh, wow. All right. So I got to know, what is small batch and what criteria does it have to meet? After some research, I found that there's no legal definition, but according to a tour guide for Jim Beam that was interviewed by Gear Patrol, the industry standard is 150 barrels or less. Ultimately, though, the brand has the final say. Anyway, Michter's bourbon is great. I'd highly recommend it, but let's talk about a few of their other products. When Ryan was buying his bottle, he came across Michter's Sour Mash. 
Now let's, let's talk about the sour mash for a second. Since I was at the store and the lady said, uh, the, I, I asked her about the, the small batch and, uh, the straight bourbon and, and she, she brought me a bottle, but she said, we also got this, uh, uh, allocated, uh, bottle of sour mash. What does that, what does that yeah. mean? And what, what's the deal with the sour mash? Well, sour mash is, is not uncommon as in, most bourbon whiskey uh, distillers use sour mash. Um, Jack Daniels is mm-hmm. sour mash. Um, and what all that means is, um, you, do you remember when you were a kid, we used to make Amish friendship bread? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yes. they would have these, they have these little starters in Ziploc bags and you use the starter. And as you, as you mixed it and added ingredients, you'd get to a point where you would divide it into like five little baggies. Yep. Mm-hmm. You make four, lo- four loaves of bread and you would take that starter and give it to somebody else who keep so that you keep the, the batch never being made. Right. When they get ready to make a new batch of uh, their recipe, they leave some in from the previous batch. The other thing that's interesting to me about the sour mash, you can call it whiskey. You just can't call it. They can't call it bourbon or rye because it doesn't have. It doesn't meet the definition from a grain mixture standpoint. So there must not be more than 51% corn or more than 51% rye. And they also have a bottle called American Whiskey. The other bottle of mixtures I have is called American Whiskey. That one is really just bourbon, except they they kind of break the rules because they age uh, a portion of it in barrels that have been used before. It's really good. I mean, it's their good bourbon, but it's, um, you know... the lady was saying that it's like half and half. I don't know if they have a strict rule or not, but it was half, you know, fresh bourbon and half bourbon that had been aged for a period of time in in uh, whiskey soaked barrels. Uh, so barrels that had been used previously. Okay. So why do they utilize used barrels? Yeah. So like bourbon barrel beer, mm-hmm. right? They, it grabs a bunch of flavor out of that barrel. And Bourbon barrels get used all over the place. They get used to age rum and scotch. Uh, the scotch industry uses a bunch of bourbon barrels. Mm. So there's there must be a there's, lot of flavor to grab from. There's that. a simply put, it imparts tons of good flavor from that bourbon into whatever spirit or beer or whatever else is being aged in it. Interestingly, at one point, these distilleries couldn't give the barrels away, but now they're hard to come by and highly sought after. How long is the life of a barrel? Um, well, something I think is cool just from a supply chain standpoint is uh, talking about the, the barrels, going back to the barrels. You know, you have these large conglomerates that own or large companies that own, you know, uh, like Sazerac that owns a bourbon, you know, brands. But then they also own a bunch of other uh, liquor, liquor brands. And, uh, and and there were I think the, we were on one of the tours and someone said that the barrels, you know, they go from like dad said, they go from first being a bourbon barrel and then they get moved over to rum or and the tequila and you know they get moved over you know so it's like they go out to the tropics and they go to mexico and they kind of move around she said something like a barrel if used like properly could be in the system for like 110 years or something let's say when does it like start to leak wow devin brings up a good point what keeps the barrel sealed it's the liquid right so the liquid expands the wood and then pushes it together to hold it in so when we went to uh, visit Three Boys, and it was um, 
wintertime, he rotated the barrels bung down so that it, the water would expand the wood around the bung and expand the bung itself to reseal it. Hmm. That's why I take a bath every night. Nice. <laughs> Ryan, quit being a bunghole on here. So he, he also said that it uh, gives the opportunity for the liquid to get reintroduced to wood that it hasn't seen in a while mm. and get more flavor. Mm. We poured another glass and talked more about what each person tasted. Ultimately, Devin had the best conclusion. Makers is good. It gets, it gets, <laughs> it's good, man. It is that's, good. That's that's the easy description, right? It's yeah, I, I, I can't, like I said, I can't describe all the different flavors as well as you guys, but I just know when I like it and when I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Damn right, Devin. When it comes down to brass tacks, it just matters if you like it or you don't. I can drink to that. In fact, I'm going to go have a glass of bourbon right now. But wait, before you go, is bourbon healthy? I always assumed that bourbon was a health drink. <laughs> this whole time, I thought I was getting yes. healthier. I've been, I've been drinking it for good health. <laughs> Absolutely. At least mental health. <laughs> All right, one more thing. I wanted to thank our amazing Aunt Linda for supporting the show. We're so lucky to have her love and support. Cheers, Aunt Linda. To drink is to live. for listening to our show if you like what you heard kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening it will help us grow and make more episodes remember to follow us on spotify and tell your friends about the bourbon library do you have a bourbon you think we should try let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode and we'll be sure to give you a shout out if you're listening from spotify anchor or apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode all right bourbon lovers until next time to drink is to live.